Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease. I'm really looking forward to our radio show today, Pat, because we're going to be asking one of my most favorite questions, my biggest question ever. I love the question, why? (laughs) And the reason that I love the question, why, is because it leads to curiosity. And curiosity is, I think, one of the most important and amazing aspects of humanity. I think it's something that separates us from many other species on the planet in that we can get curious and that that curiosity will take us places. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited for us to to have our show today. Yeah. And I think part of this too is to really peel back the many layers of why. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the why you just described, which is the why of curiosity. You know, I mean, you've raised a few children and there is that there's that that childlike curiosity. Why is the sky blue? (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, And so we're going to talk about not only the curiosity and intuitive nature of that three letter word, um, but. The conversation about why that isn't about curiosity. And more importantly, the bigger conversation about what is my why? What is my why? And I had an experience this morning that I didn't really even think would feed into our show today, which is kind of interesting. But, you know, Megan, let's talk about this from your perspective, because you and I have talked about a lot of things over the past, let's just say 18 months, just to, to, just to coin a phrase. Just to coin a phrase, yes. Just to coin a phrase. <laughs> Um, and you know, why is that thing that has come up for so many people, but let me ask you, what is, what is it about that word that you got introduced to? When did you get introduced to it and how did it become sort of the cornerstone of your curiosity evolution? Yes, and I've been thinking about this since we decided this was going to be our subject yeah. for this month. It definitely goes as far back as my early childhood. I had very inquisitive parents. They wanted me to be inquisitive. They took me out into the natural world on a regular basis with explanations of why we were out there and what we were doing there. I learned at a very early age what something was and why I could eat it or why I couldn't eat it from the forest or from the beach. And my father being a journalist and a publisher of newspapers, my mother being very, very curious and very bright, there was constant conversation. So the the question of why 
was something that we discussed all the time, regardless of what it was, whether it was something we'd seen on the news that evening or or that day or or something that had happened at school or just you know, it was just always we were always curious. We were a very curious family. Then the other level of it for me is when I look at the work that I do with my with my clients and with my students, helping people to find their their own empowerment around their healing and their wounding so they can live their best lives. The place that we start with is that first question of why, you know, why would I want to change? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I not happy? Why does this hurt? When we start with that question, that fundamental starting point, it's from there that we can open up our minds to the information that's waiting for us. I think there is a trilogy, the most empowering once upon a time, uh, who knows when, who knows what workshop, (laughs) if you have a 25 year corporate career, and then you become a corporate consultant for 10, who knows where you make this stuff up. But one of the things I had scribbled on a piece of paper a long time ago, and I don't know if I was mocking the training or, but I had, I love Venn diagrams, Megan, I love them. (laughs) I don't know why I love them. I love them because they always look like they have three parts. A van always looks like it has three, but it never does. You see, because the minute that you put three circles on a piece of paper and make them concentric, make them equally overlapping, I don't care how equally you do them. There's always one thing in common. There's always a center point where each of them beautifully, beautifully, equally, exist. And I remember this conversation once and, and it was about why. And I remember one of my mentors saying to me, no way are you going to use why without two other words. And I said, like, what two other words? Why is like the biggest word on the planet. There's no bigger word than why. Hmm. And she said, you could stay in your why, but without the what and the when, mm. you will stay in a place of exploration and cease to exist. Now, that is some strong <laughs> That's language. This is the same mentor that said to me one day, I shared this on the said, oh my God, Pat, you are the fastest runner I've ever met. Now I have to tell you, I am not a fast runner. This had to be a joke. Everybody knows that I have to hit the softball really far. You know why? Because it takes me five times longer to get first base, (laughs) but I'm close to the ground. That's why I make a great short stuff. She says, oh my God, you're like the fastest runner in the world. My God, I've never seen anybody run faster than you. And I just looked at her and she says, you know, you're the fastest runner I've ever seen run in place. Nobody else runs faster than you in place. Nobody. It took me three minutes to realize what that meant. Mm-hmm. But isn't that part of what could be both the beauty, the benevolence, and the butt of why? <laughs> well, here's like B-U-T-T. Or <laughs> yes. Well, I, I look at why as a starting point. And one of the things that I've noticed over the last 18 months is that there are a lot of people who are not asking why. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are saying, 
how high do you want me to jump? And not critically thinking. It feels to me like critical thinking has gone out the window since day one. And I find it, quite frankly, shocking when I look around me at people who I had assumed or thought I knew were critical thinkers before all this started happening 18 months ago and, and who are not, at least not under these circumstances. And, and what I see happening is that fear shuts down critical thinking. And when you talk about, okay, there's the why, and then what about those other two words? There's actually five questions that are central to critical thinking, which is where, when, what, why, who, right. or how. Maybe there's six. And how. Right. <laughs> and how, yeah. <laughs> how, what, where, when, why. These questions are so, they're so elementary to the evolution of thought, to the ability to in, invent, to the ability to evolve, to really question the things that are happening around us. And not everybody is comfortable questioning the controlled narrative. Not everybody is questionable, is, is comfortable questioning the way that things are being done. And, and it's because of that discomfort in, in asking those questions that leadership is often able to be in a very control way um, when people don't ask questions. And so what I'm also seeing happening is that there's a discouragement to ask questions, right? There's not, a, there's not a lot of leadership right now that's encouraging the population to question the things that are happening around us right now. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge concern for me. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, this notion of why. And there are times for why. Mm -hmm. And there are times not for why. Mm -hmm. um, when you are seeing your child trapped in a car and that's not the time to ask why. <laughs> the, your, your child is trapped behind the wheel of a car and the only thing you could think of is I need to get her out. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really the difficulty for people, we're all different, we all function differently. You know, I can contemplate my navel for days on end and not realize I haven't eaten. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to learn a couple of things. There's some things I've had to learn. And I remember that when we enter the realm of situations that are personally complex to us, mm -hmm. And we don't question or we don't stop or we don't dot, dot, dot. It could become a problem. And you know what I think about? I think about these times in history, and we'll talk about this, mm -hmm. when rubber stamping, bad behavior got so far out of realm that half of the planet was convinced that it was the right thing to do. And we can point to times in history over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I have been on the side of raising awareness about why. Mm -hmm. and, and today's show is to really bring the sexy back to why, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Let's make why sexy again. <laughs> Let's make critical thinking sexy again. <laughs> that could be a stretch. <laughs> well, it, you know, it is something that I think is taught a critical being able to think critically to ask intelligent questions, not just to blindly dismiss everything from the place of why, 
but to really think with discernment um, what needs to be questioned. I think that that's something that we we learn as really young children, and and we learn that when we start asking why, which most children do as soon as they can talk, if not even sooner than that, by pointing at things, because we're innately curious. And little children are trying to understand their surroundings. And so they do that by questioning everything. Yeah. But yeah. how is that received in the family of origin? You know, if the parent has the patience to, to answer the question, why, with an explanation or, well, what do you think? Or why do you think it happens? You know, to engage the child, then that child is going to grow up to be an adult who is constantly thinking critically. Yes. And here's something we do learn as children. Let's, let's throw this out there before we go to break. What we, we've learned something interesting as children. You know, we learned that sometimes we ask a why and we really want to, we really want an answer, Mm -hmm. but we also learned something else in asking why. What we learn as kids in asking why is that we could, we really don't want to know why you don't want me to have that cookie. We really don't want me to know why. But if I keep whying you to death, I've learned a trick. A, I'm going to get the cookie. And B, now I've learned a really cool tool to figure out how to get stuff I want. And we've seen both of those versions in the past 18 months. We've seen both of those versions used. Mm -hmm. We've, We've seen one of them used to manipulate and manage people and, you know, convince people of things that they wouldn't ordinarily even contemplate. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in the why. Definitely. And yet the most graphic commercials about don't smoke, can't get people not to smoke. <laughs> when we come funny? back, I mean, you've seen them. I've seen them. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about encouraging curiosity? Mm-hmm. Where is it appropriate? How do you learn the art of it? And when the building is burning down around you may not be the time to ask who started the fire right? and why. Let's take a short break when we come back. Encouraging curiosity. How do you start? Where do you begin? And is it the next pillar of leadership? Megan Edge is going to be taking us on that journey. We'll be right back. Ascending with the Octurians with Vivian Chouvette. Tune in to Transformation Talk Radio every second and fourth Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are shifting from this third dimensional plane of reality to higher octaves of life. Let us reclaim our sovereignty as a united family of light and manifest the planetary ascension. Our return to Prime Creator. For information on our services and to connect with Vivian, visit InfiniteHealingFromTheStars.com. Can't get enough of Eye of Soul Radio? Join Psychic Medium Jamie every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Take a deeper look at the raw side of spirit. Nothing is off limits. Connect with lost loved ones and explore these vulnerable subjects with the compassionate guidance of Psychic Medium Jamie. You are not alone. Eye of Soul, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. back in a jazz move, aren't we? I don't know. What happened to the rap music, Benny? So, oh my gosh. There you go. Thank you, Benny. I like it. You're welcome. I'm going to play that in my car. 
boy, I gotta have me some baked something now. <laughs> I'm telling you. Get in the groove with Dr. Pat and her guests on Transformation Talk Radio. It's always something new around here. Visit thedrpatshow.com. Not just talk, conversation for profound self-awareness. Stick with us. Your best life awaits on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365DailyHustle.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. A very, very important show for both Megan Edge and me, Dr. Pat. We're Look, this is playing on the edge radio with Megan Edge, Radical Change with these. Today, Megan is taking on the topic of on the edge of the big why, a case for curiosity. Before we kind of roll, Megan, a couple things. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you have done so much work, whether it's master healer, teacher, radio host, speaker, writer, author of The Heart's Journey. You know, there are a lot of things now that I'm sure you're looking at and opening up and saying, wow, we've got a big job to do. What are the many ways people can find out about you and work with you? There's lots of different places online where people can find me. They can certainly visit me at my website, which is meganedge.ca. And there's lots of things, lots of resources on the website, um, lots of ways to, to work with me, whether it's in person these days now, thank goodness, or online. I'm happy to do either. You can also find me on our YouTube channel at Megan Edge Healing. We've got hundreds, literally hundreds of videos, including all of our radio shows. So lots of resources to see who I am and how I do the work that I do. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. In, I think I have a Twitter account. <laughs> so I'm all over the place. You can just, if you look up Megan Edge Healing, that's where you're going to find me. Let's talk about this curiosity of why. And there truly is a curiosity. I mean, there's so many different versions of this we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just left a um, fabulous session today. Uh, took a little bit longer than I thought. And um, I don't know why it is. I don't know why the revelations come at the last minute when you're working with energy work, right? But you you work, but they do, don't they? They do. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's why my sessions are 90 minutes now instead of an hour. So we've got that half hour to to work with what we've dug up at the 60 minute mark. (laughs) You know, the question of why came up and I want to talk about this and please, if you could take the lead on encouraging curiosity, I made a statement. I think there are times where encouraging curiosity is absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. And there are times that it's not. And these, these are two things that really get confusing for people. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the first, the one where we need to bring the sexy back to critical thinking. Here. <laughs> I mean, I, Einstein was sexy. It, it's, oh, Without critical thinking and without curiosity, we would not have evolved as a species. We would still be picking fleas off each other, sitting around the savannah at the edge of the forest. Honestly, if we hadn't somehow in our brains evolved an area 
that is that critical thinking area, that is that curious, that curiosity area, that the why is this happening? The how is this happening? Or the how can I do this once I understand the question of the, of the why? Every major advancement in human history and human evolution, every invention that's ever been created came from a place of curiosity and imagination. It came from somebody saying, huh, why am I doing it like this? Could I do it better? Is there a different way of doing it? That, that kind of questioning is what creates leaps and bounds of, of evolution for us. Mm -hmm. And we can look back historically and we can see those places where suddenly tool making went from a stick being poked into an anthill and, and the ants sticking to it and licking the, li licking the stick to creating a shovel. And we can watch how our, our civilizations advanced through stages of curiosity. And then we can also see where there's been stagnation. And, th and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You could spend 100,000 years just with one shovel. But at a certain point, somebody, somebody's brain is going to work a little bit differently and is going to start asking that question, why? And as our culture and as our civilizations accelerate, and, and right now we're in this huge acceleration, that critical thinking is so important. Otherwise, we lose our freedoms. If we simply say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and don't ask any questions about it, we, we are going to lose our freedom. We are losing our freedoms right now on account yeah. of that. Yeah. So can I, can we talk girl to girl? We can talk. <laughs> so I got to tell you what I'm a little old school about. Mm -hmm. I have a why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're going to just love this. <laughs> but you have kids. I do. Okay. Yeah. And myself and Linda they say we, we're old school. Mm -hmm. Now, here's why they say we're old school. Because we, we, somebody said this to us a couple of days ago, and we said, why? I mean, why, why do you think we're... I mean, honestly, my brain created the technology of TTR. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that old school? So here's what they were saying. And I got my answer. And I, need, I really want you to help with this, because this is at the core of why we need critical thinking. Mm -hmm. So if Linda and I react to like, so I changed the question. Mm -hmm. I, instead of why do you think, I mean, that's, that's like New York and New Jersey. What, what? I said, what is it about us that makes you say that? And the answer was interesting. We just want you to, we just want to email you. And we're like, well, we just want to talk with you. Mm. And I, I looked at a series of emails this morning from my team. New team, fabulous jumping in, great communication. I realized something. Mm -hmm. There's an answer to Linda and mine's why. We get 100 emails an hour on a good day. Yeah. So having three or four emails go back and forth answering a question about why Facebook didn't post a show. It makes me want to really just rip my eyeballs out when you, <laughs> when honestly, if you pick up the phone and call the host and say, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. But in the end it got resolved. Okay. So I have to change my view of my why to say, 
if my why is because I have a perspective mm -hmm. that I don't want to be open to another point of view, that is not curiosity. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about critical thinking and curiosity, because in 18 months, we've gotten both. There's a genuine curiosity, a mm -hmm. genuine one that we need to remember because we have to figure this out now. Mm -hmm. You and I are not talking about this because we don't have anything better to do. <laughs> no, we're talking about this because it's really important. It's important. It's very important. We've if, never been here. Well, no, not in this, not in this global kind of a way. We have not been here in this global kind of a way. And asking questions that you don't want the answer to is a really great um, motivator for not asking questions. <laughs> so this is the part of the discernment. Uh, you know, ask a question that you're willing to hear the answer to, even if the answer is not something that you want to hear. And then be willing to do something with that answer. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the how that could follow the why. Right? Mm -hmm. The how is the action question. The why is the seeking question. That's the curiosity question. But then the how becomes, okay, well, how do we change this? Or how do we do this differently? How do I change my life? How do I make it? You know, all that kind of stuff. The other thing that's really important to remember too, and this comes back to the, the child's locked in the car or the, the building is burning. Sometimes it's not safe to ask why. Why are you treating me like this? Might not be a safe question to ask if the result is going to be a smack in the face. If the person you're asking the question to doesn't want to answer it. And for me, this comes back to one of my big whys, which is why are we not allowed to ask questions about the science? Why are we not allowed to talk about alternative health measures or, right. or healing protocols? Right. Why? What's, right. What are they afraid of? Right. that we can't have discourse on this, Yeah. right? I know the answer, at least I believe I do, and I'm not the only one who has the idea of the, what the answer actually is to that. But then that takes me to the next question, which is well, why do you need so much power? Why do you need so much control? Why is that behind all, like, right? I'm I, that's where my genuine curiosity comes from. And it's not necessarily a critical thinking stance, it's a curiosity stance. Because as you point out, they're different. They, they blend, but curiosity is about, I'm just really curious. Yeah. Critical thinking is, okay, now I need to know. Yeah. At least the way that I, that I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we're learning about is we're learning about information control by private companies. Mm -hmm. We're also learning about information control by not private companies, but are funded by private companies and or government, better known as nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And then we're really looking at companies that are private companies, but stock owned companies where they have to be worried about it. And then there's us. <laughs> and it's this is an interesting question, because why comes up around our infrastructure? And as we get ready to grow and expand, and you talk to different people about your financial model or your corporate model or what you are, there's always the ideal or optimum infrastructure for you. There's the one that says, well, if you go public, dot, 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 dot. So, you know, as I looked at these, I really had to ask, well, what is my why? Mm -hmm. What is my why around the Transformation Network? 
is my why to be fully funded stock owned company or is it been like it was from 18 years ago? And that is to provide a forum for honest, open communications about what is on people's minds and in their hearts. Mm -hmm. See, now, the minute I distribute to a private company, then I've got to follow their why. Yeah. But see, we're independent. Mm -hmm. We really don't have to do that. But this is really where we have to think about what is our own why? Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to not be allowed, Megan, mm -hmm. when we start Lime Talk Radio again and we start to talk about, hello, folks, the largest epidemic that we've ever had, 350,000 cases a year, cumulative every year and no cure Mm -hmm. And no vaccine mm -hmm. or no recognition of it. What's going to happen if I bring a naturopath on? Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. What is going to happen? <laughs> Will they be the allowed? The question is, why is it going to happen, Megan? Uh -huh. Yes. Why? Let's, say, let's, let's skip the break because I want to really dig into this. You know, I've heard a lot of things in my life. Mm -hmm. I've said a lot of things in my life. I have a lot of training. Corporate executive, CEO. Damn, I've even been in a video with John Legend. Well done. <laughs> Jessica got a bigger part than me, but I got over it. Um, <laughs> but I'm starting to really look at what you all want, you all want, and our audience wants. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell, two things happened today. I had to go back to two of my financial people and say, I'm not doing that. And they said, well, you better have another thing. And I said, we're gonna do crowdfunding. We're going to declare ourselves an independent network. We're going to make a commitment to stay that way. We're going to talk about the technology we're developing, and we're going to ask people to contribute to that value system. Mm -hmm. And they said, nobody will ever donate. And I said, why do you think that? <laughs> why not? But, but, but do you see we're yeah. being faced with, and can you talk to this from your perspective? Mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't feel good to lose our freedom of speech, please. No. Why aren't more people asking why? I believe a lot of people are asking why. I believe that there are millions and millions of people across the planet right now that are asking the big why. And, and they have a voice. They've had to take their voice off mainstream media. They've had to go to alternative or off mainstream media in order to find a platform where they're not going to be taken down the moment they open their mouths and say something contrary to what is the mainstream narrative. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. And you and I did a whole, we've done a number of shows now on the edge of losing our voice, on the edge of mass manipulation, you know, on the edge of the new abnormal. 
questioning and looking at what is exactly happening here, where we have, we have grown up with an assumption that we have a freedom of speech as an innate human right. And yet it's actually not an innate human right. There are lots of countries where it is not, and, and there is no voice, except for those few brave people who are willing to stand up with a voice and question critically those, those, those questions that we ask, the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Those are the people who are able to make a difference in a way that is, I believe, absolutely fundamental to whatever the next stage is for our species globally, for each country, for each community, for each family, and for each individual. I, even in the most totalitarian regime, there is always someone. There is always someone who is willing to take the risk to stand up and say something and gather to themselves and around themselves other people who are encouraged by their actions to do the same thing. And that's what changes history, right? It's, it's that ability to say, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. This is not okay. And we need to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm faced as a, somebody that is a service provider and so are you, Megan. Mm-hmm. You know, we are service providers. I have, I've said this, we have the best viewing and listening audience on the planet. There's none better. Uh, they have told me at various points in 18 years when they've loved what I was doing. And they've said to me at times, oopsie, you're real. We don't really want you doing that. Mm. Right. And I've had to take my show, a different form of my show elsewhere. Um, but this is really about the creative aspect of of why, but the empowering aspect of why. Yes, absolutely. When you are faced, this is your, my question to you. Mm -hmm. This is the child question, but Mm -hmm. this is, this is the way we're being responded to Mm -hmm. as adults now, but it's a child thing. When a child gets you to the point of a hundred different whys about the cookie And you realize you've tried to rationalize with somebody that just wants something. You go to the old standby because. (laughs) And that's what we've been getting. Because. Because. See, there's no other rational, la, 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 la. It's you. No, don't ask why about that, Megan. Pat, don't Mm -hmm. you ask why about that. Don't ask why about that look at just because and if you don't do the because you can't participate yeah so what we're hearing from the mainstream is because i said so and that's that's a huge cause though right that's a yeah because i why because i said so that's a huge trigger if you as a child had a parent or other adults in your life who never answered your question but instead shut you down with because i said so after a while, you're going to stop questioning. You're going to stop asking questions. It's not going to feel safe to do it. And you're not going to learn how to ask questions in a, in a critical kind of a way. What I'm seeing around the world and what I'm seeing just even in my own communities is that many people are not satisfied with it because I told you so. And so they're looking for answers elsewhere because they're, what they've learned 
is that leadership is unwilling to engage in conversation and is unwilling to allow any other rhetoric. And so communities are gathering online and offline to have the kinds of conversations that they can have when Big Brother's not controlling it to be able to explore, you know, what is the science? What is the research? What is the interest? What is the information? What are other people's experiences of this? And, and I, I believe that the people who are willing to do that and have those kinds of conversations are probably the ones that were brought up in families where parents answered them <laughs> wow. or engaged them in conversation, you know, right. um, or, or turn the question back to them. Well, what do you think? Why do you think this is happening this way? May I get to the heart of what we're talking about by quoting from John Johns Hopkins today. Okay. May I? You may. You have permission. I'm reading from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health for those of you that are listening. So this is not an opinion statement. But many weeks ago, Megan and I attempted to talk about the COVID-19 boosters. That show never really made it anywhere. We never did play it, but we asked a lot of questions about it. We asked the whys the impacts, the uncertainties, the roles of vaccines. So please, if you are one of those private networks and you're wondering if I am talking about something that's medically written, it is. And I will give you the exact article which it's from. It is from uh, John Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Public Health. It just came out this morning. And the question is COVID-19 boosters, what are they, do we need them? And what the article says, in a joint statement last night by the CDC and the FDA, in this language, it says they pumped the brakes on the notion that booster shots will be needed in the United States to protect fully vaccinated individuals of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, now, why am I even saying that? Because several months ago, Megan and I and Megan, myself, Dr. Ronnie, Dr. Darvish, I don't even want to mention names. We asked the why question. And you all never heard that show. It got pulled along with a couple of our other hosts. And by the way, an entire network we're on. So this is an article that answers that question. Mm -hmm. But we wanted a why. So perhaps our why was premature. I want to go to that for a minute. Oh, interesting. The premature why. Mm -hmm. The why that comes out of visionaries that truly explore, like the why that Arno Penzias had about the Big Bang, asking the why question, ultimately he did prove it. But if we can't ask the why question, what is the questions that we can ask, Megan? Help me. Mm, I would love it if we could always ask the questions that made other people slightly uncomfortable <laughs> from where we sit. <laughs> because I yeah. love the idea of challenging someone's set belief if what I see them believing isn't good for them. And I say that from the perspective of a, a therapist and a counselor. You know, if one of my patients, not patients, one of my clients is sitting in my office and she's telling me a story that I know isn't good for her, my job is to challenge her on that story. My job is to say, are you sure that you're not good enough? Why are you saying that? 
you know, where is that coming from? How did you learn that? It's to, to challenge that. So when you ask the question, and maybe we asked why at the wrong time, I don't think so. I think we asked why at perfectly the right time. I think the people on the other end of the question weren't ready or prepared to acknowledge that we could see through what was happening. Yeah. You know, this is really tied into, and can we just jump to this part of the show where I want to talk with you about this notion of when it's not, when it isn't safe to ask why. Mm -hmm. And I gave you an example. I mean, clearly if your child is in a burning car to stop and ask, why is the car burning and not pulling your child out? I'm not sure that that doesn't make sense right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that as a mother, you don't find out what happened to that car. I mean, honestly, we have more organizations filled, created by moms mm-hmm. that came from point of crisis. But can we talk about the healthy version of why? Why is it healthy for us to even contemplating in our minds? Because if more people would have asked why, Hitler wouldn't have killed millions of Jews. I'm pretty sure of that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, but even so, what can we do to encourage people today to not give up their why? Even if your friends and family get afraid for you, mm-hmm. even if you have a network that might be censored, tell us about that. So the question is, when is it, when is it not safe and what do we do if it's not safe? And, you know, how do we hold on to the courage yeah. to hold on to our why? In the face of everybody telling us, you can't ask your why. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I think is really important is that you find like-minded people that you can Mm. surround yourself with Mm. who are also curious and are willing to ask the question, why? So that you're not alone. You know, it's when we were talking about mass manipulation in our last show, it is easy when you isolate people from one another to then be able to convince them of things that they're not going to necessarily question if they don't have anyone else around them to help them with that question, right? So so it's important to have people around you. Um, I've created a number of small communities, 10 or 12 people, and we get together and we talk about all this stuff in a safe place where we we can ask questions and we can share research and we can do things like that. So that's one of the things that I've done to help to help me <laughs> feel that I can continue to ask my why and that it's, it, it'll be okay to do that. And, and then, I mean, the truth of it is, if you want to go back to someplace like Nazi Germany, at, at a certain point, it wasn't safe to ask why. No, it was not. Because if you asked why, what happened to my neighbor? Why did my oh. neighbor get taken away? Then you'll, you're next. And so you learn to not ask questions in order to keep your family safe. And you do that for as long as you have to until something changes and something always does that liberates your ability to ask why. So I want to be really clear that if you're in a situation where it's not okay to ask why it's not safe, right? Then don't ask why just yet, but know that when you are then hopefully once again, in a safe situation, the asking of the why is what's going to lead to the change that you are wanting. It's going to lead to the, the healing that you are, that you are needing and you know as a collective of these last 18 months and however long this is going to continue to go on for there's a lot of healing that's required and that's going to be required as 
people start to step away from the fear and open up to the, wait a minute, you know, when I really think about it, why did it happen like that? And the, the why often leads to the rug being pulled out from underneath you. And that can be disconcerting. And so again, that's where it's so important to have, have support, have like-minded people, have community around you. And, you know, honestly, Pat, I would say that on either side of whatever divide has been created for us over these exactly. last years. It isn't just the critical thinkers who are questioning why from a place of this doesn't make sense to me. It's also for the people on the other side of that who have decided this does make perfect sense. Exactly. Right. And that, and they're asking, why are you so upset about this? Why are yeah. you just doing it? Doing why are you just doing what you're told to do and make it easier for everybody else? <laughs> that, that why is as important. It's equally important to any of the other whys that, uh, that we're asking. You know, I got to ask the why question when, Back before the before vaccines, in the middle of this, I was asked the question, Pat, why are you adding an additional room on? We're in the middle of COVID. I, I mean, it, on the surface, when people see you do things like that, it just doesn't make sense. Why are you expanding your studio and office space? You know, that doesn't make sense. You know, COVID. And then they had a story. And, and I said, oh, oh my gosh, my answer is, easy. I have people that come in. I need to make it safe feeling for them to have enough distance between them and a place that they could eat lunch. I said, it has nothing to do with how I feel about the economy or COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, my why is people need to have a safe space. You know, you can't have a space where there's not enough room for people to sit and eat their lunch and people are not able to go out like they did and go get a burger or go get this. Mm -hmm. And the person looked at me, Megan, and said, oh, and I thought, it's so interesting how we live in our own world. Mm -hmm. And maybe if we explain things a little differently. Or maybe if we try to see both sides. But I want to ask you in this question moving forward. This is not only as humans, our greatest gift and yet our greatest challenge. How do you see this unfolding for us in the forthcoming months? Where is Megan Edge's heart? How will you work with your clients? Well, I hope that they'll come and see me in person. <laughs> Fundamentally and ultimately. I I have to, I mean, in all honesty, I, I actually resist and dig my heels into the idea of putting everything online and doing everything at this distance, because for me, that, that social is so important. You know, this is where we have dialogue. This is where we have breakthroughs. This is where we have aha moments. And quite frankly, as a counselor, if I can't see my client's entire body language, I, I can't really connect with them fully, fully in that, in that full energy of their, of their being, of the nuances of their facial expressions and the nuances of their body. I, cause, because I read that that's part of how I do my work. And that's, that's at a personal level. You know, I, I want to be teaching my classes again in person. I love bringing people together and yeah. having group energy and yeah. watching as we evolve in each other's energies and evolve through our own journey. That is not the same online. It's just not. Yeah. So I will fight tooth and nail to be able to do that. And, and to be honest, I have been doing it. Don't tell anyone um, all the way along because I'm a little bit of a rebel <laughs> safely, but you know, 
again, because asking the why, why can't I be outside on my deck with 10 people outside in the summer with the sun shining? Show me the science that says I can't do that. So I have been doing it. That's, that's for me at the personal level. But when you ask the question, where do I see this going over the next few months? People need help, Megan. That's my question. Yeah, I mean, do. you're probably like me. I get a call, minimally a call a day, a text a day. Uh, I work with women in recovery. I'm doing my best to be of service. The phone rings at three in the morning. People need our help. That, and that's really, you know, for me, I don't even ask why about any of that anymore. I try to figure out what, is there a new what? Is there a better how? And so I know that you're in the heart space to support yeah. your, your folks. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you just said. There's a, there was a, a penny dropped there. Um, sometimes you don't ask why. Okay, so we already said you don't ask why if you have run into a burning building to save your cat or whatever it is you're saving. You just do it, right? You ask why afterwards. Um, and that, that is, a, it's a similar thing. It's the, um, I'm just doing it. I just have, this is what I have to do. I, I have to be of service. I, I need to be in the place of, empowering, showing other people what's possible, empowering other people to see what's possible for themselves, to get them to ask the question why. I don't need to ask the question, why am I doing this? That's a no brainer for me. I do want to encourage other people to find a safe place to ask their why, you know, and we've talked about the big why, why is all this happening? And, and honestly, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you are allowed to answer the question why with I don't know. I don't have all the information to be able to make that educated guess. But at a very personal level, you know, it's, it, it comes back down to it's so important. What is your why? Why are you doing things the way you're doing things? Why are you accepting the things that you are accepting? Mm -hmm. um, why is it okay? And why isn't it okay? Yeah. And I love sometimes, this. Sometimes we just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, let me ask you this because it ties back in and I want to really bring it back to this because you said it before. We got to bring critical thinking back. Mm -hmm. We got to enable critical thinking, even if we don't do it perfectly, mm -hmm. we have to do it. But sometimes critical thinking needs to take a second step to leadership, to mentorship, mm -hmm. because see, you hold a deck of cards mm -hmm. of wisdom around healing, mm -hmm. right? I hold a deck of cards around how to run a network. You know, what's important to train our new people about. This morning, I had a in-person session with Mary Jane Mack. And the revelations from that changed the landscape of what I'm going to talk to the team about at three today. Mm -hmm. What do we want to leave people with, Megan? Because why and courage sometimes are inseparable. Honestly, I think they're always inseparable, Pat. I think it takes an enormous amount of courage to ask why sometimes. I know for me personally, when I started asking why in my previous marriage, I had to look at things I wasn't willing to look at previously. I had to, I had to open my eyes. I had to take off the blinders and really get clear because I started asking why, why am I allowing this? Why is this, why have I let this be okay? 
why is the other person behaving in this way? You know, I, I hadn't wanted to see that before. And, and so it does take an enormous amount of courage to ask why. And mm. it can also lay you bare. It can take an enormous amount of vulnerability to ask why. So what I would say to those who are listening as, as we close out today is, are there places in your life where you need to be asking why? And if so, maybe now is the time to do it. And if you can't do it by yourself, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, then reach out and help and have someone help you look at those questions, those whys, in order to, to be in a clearer space. So I think right now we all need to be in a clearer space than where we have been the last 18 months. Well, Megan, thank you as always for you know, bringing an enlivened conversation. And I love that you and I get to spend time talking about things that are really hard for people to talk about. But yet we're really on the edge, no pun intended, <laughs> we're really on the edge of greatness moment to moment. Yeah. And, you know, you said it best in one of the shows we've done. It's, it's understanding what our why is, mm-hmm. but then having the courage to be the person we've always meant to be the why, the who, the how, the what, all of that. But you also foster intuition in people. And I think that's a big part of of your brilliance and what you do. Thank you for everything you do. Please tell folks how they can find out about you. Um, Sign up, everything you're doing. Well, thank you, Pat, first of all, for those beautiful words. Um, Secondly, at the moment, I'm not offering any programs. I'm working on programs uh, that are upcoming, including my new plant medicine and tree medicine programs. I'm very excited for those and a whole new product line of of, um, salves and balms and tinctures and all these beautiful things that help support us and support our bodies as we move through the stresses of life. And for anyone who's interested in learning more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, meganedge.ca. It's under construction, but there's still lots of information there. See me on YouTube, watch some of our our workshops and our bits of wisdom and our shows and our podcasts and this show and reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook. I'm under Megan Edge Healing in all those places and I would love to connect with you. Why? Why not? Yeah. (laughs) I like the other one because. Because I said so. Oh my gosh, that my uncle was so great about the frustration of me, a very young child. Why, 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 why? Very intuitive about him to teach me. And he was so patient. But when I asked the why question to change my great, great grandmother's eggplant Parmesan recipe, the answer came back in a lot of Italian language I cannot repeat on the show. (laughs) Megan Edge, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. We'll see you next time, folks. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.